Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere. And even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking a little 49ers versus Seahawks and then flipping the page into 49ers versus Broncos, but a lot of news coming out of Santa Clara. Absolutely. I'm glad to be back, man. I'm glad uh, we recovered from that loss we had week one. Um, I was excited to come back and after a W, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's a little bit easier to talk 49ers football when they win. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, one of, that was one of the most difficult things when I first started doing the pod and they would lose and I would just be frustrated. I'm like, no, I got to go talk about this. Uh, but actually through the process, I've kind of got, it's gotten easier for me. Right. It was kind of like coaching. You right. hated to lose, but uh, you couldn't let that loss affect you. You had to continue to move on. The Fortiners, unfortunately, suffered the loss of Trey Lance. Uh, he's not going to be around, but he had successful surgery. They're saying, you know, 10 to 12 <clears> weeks, <throat> potentially. Uh, Kyle Shannon came out and said, though, you know, Trey's not coming back this season, but we don't even want to get that started. So it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm but uh warren you know when you lose a quarterback like that and lose a young guy i think it's frustrating overall though how did you think that the 49ers for seahawks game went and of course you can always elaborate on trey lance as well um besides the injury man um i feel like the game went as planned uh, the niners came out and they did what they were supposed to do they dominated the game yeah especially defensively um seattle was smothered all game they couldn't really do much um i was interested to see what would Gino do after his performance that he gave on, I believe it was on Monday night when they played against uh, Denver and Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, and to me, he wasn't the same guy. Um, <laughs> and I mean, 
that was predictable. I mean, he's going up against a defense that looks like it could be the top defense in the league. Yeah. So um, I was super impressed by uh, what I seen with San Francisco. And um, from all phases of the game, I felt like we played well. Um, the, the one the one thing I was kind of worried about was the whole special teams breakdown where they blocked the, they blocked the field goal and there was a block missed, scooped it up, scored. Yeah. Um, I would love to see a shutout, especially of Seattle, because we all can't stand Seattle. So um, that was the only bad that I really see in the game besides Trey Lance. And I mean, first and foremost, I mean, speedy recovery to him. Yeah. Um, it's, it sucks to see the guy go down, especially with, with his record. He hasn't played football um, in almost like three, four years. It's going to be, it's going to be almost three years yeah. uh, where he's not getting a lot of snaps. And I think that is, that's one of the toughest things. Absolutely. It is. It's, it's heartbreaking. If you're a Niner fan, uh, it's just heartbreaking from every angle. I mean, I don't want to place blame anywhere on Shanahan or anybody like that, but I mean, it's just hard to see, man. And I'm, I'm glad that he had successful surgery. I'm excited to see him come back next year, but um, I mean, we still got this year to worry about. So we're all behind Jimmy, man. Let's get the job done. Yeah, that's it. Right. Rally behind Jimmy rally behind the 49ers. Whoever's that quarterback. Correct. If Jimmy goes down for a couple games, I hope Brock Purdy comes in there and tears it up. And if it's not him, you know, give us Ben Kirk. I don't care who it is, whoever it's gotta be, (laughs) get him out there and let him get it done. Because uh, that's what it's about. It's about winning football games. And as far as special teams go, the good news is that was one of the best special teams groups in Seattle that we're going to see. Their special teams coach is really good. They're always in top five. And then they had Tariq Woolen who blocks it. The guy's 6'3", runs a 4'3". Being able to bend the corner on, on Ross Dwelly, uh, he did a fantastic job. I'm, I'm expecting not very many teams to have as good a special teams as Seattle. The good news is I thought the 49ers actually held up besides that one moment, right. which is good moving forward because last year, at times, the special teams was an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, so it's nice to see it's not that bad right now. I agree. But I got a question <laughs> for you. Who has been the most impressive 49er so far? I think there's a lot of candidates. I think there is a lot of candidates. Um, but I, if you're if you're a Niner fan or if you're somebody that's following this team, how do you not say Hufunga? I mean... If you go around the league and you name the top five players that you've seen on defense so far in the league, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to not have Hufunga on the list. I mean, the guy is just – I'm impressed. I mean, because coming into the season, that was the number one position I was worried about. I was worried about safety, especially with losing Tart, because um, Tart was so solid for us. And, you know, we really didn't have to worry about him too much in coverage or anything like that. And he had the chemistry with, with Jimmy Ward with their background of – you know, playing in high school together and stuff like that. Yeah. So they they had the chemistry. And so when you insert a new guy like Hufunga, we didn't know how he would do in coverage. You know, um, we don't know how he would play with Jimmy Ward. Right. And all the above. But what he's shown in these 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 first two games, I'm super impressed with the guy. Like, I remember asking you, like, should we wor- be worried about Hufunga? And you was, you, you beating everybody to the punch. You said, no, you should yeah. not be worried about this guy. Like, what you've seen in, in uh, training camp was as advertised. And what we're seeing so far is as advertised. Yeah, you know what? He's he's even playing better than I expected. Yeah. I mean, he really is. Because I thought we would get, you know, some coverage issues here and there. But so far, his recognition of offensive concepts has been on point. And he's a playmaker. He's finding the football. I mean, it's not a surprise if you've seen him at USC. You just wondered, could that translate Pac-12 football to the NFL? And so far, it has. But... Is he making the entire secondary better? He might be. Right. Tarverius Ward is is having a fantastic year already. They're not even completing passes on him. Emmanuel Mosley's given up one catch, right. and and really he's not letting anything happen at all. And that's through two games. And then Tayshawn Gibson's grading out to one of the top five safeties 
in the whole league right now. <laughs> and all the while, Talano Funga, like you said, looks like one of the best safeties in the league. It is impressive so far. So I think you're right. It's hard to pick another player besides Hufanga because just no one has impressed to that level and no one has flashed to that level. I'm excited because I was wondering if we were going to see a fall off from week one to week two because, I mean, how can you be that impactful for two straight weeks, right, unless you're like a pro pole, all pro player? Uh, but nothing fell off. Talano Hufanga impressed again. Yeah, he's, I mean, each week I see him line up and the plays he's making, I'm just like, wow, like this dude is – He's a game changer for this defense, you he know? Is. And, I mean, this is already a defense full of game changers. You know, you got Bosa, you got Armstead, you got Warner. I mean, you got Jimmy Ward. And Jimmy Ward, is he hasn't even played in I'm like, we don't even really miss him. We don't. No, <laughs> and that's a scary thing, right? <laughs> right. Uh, he, he has so much versatility, more versatility than a Tayshawn Gibson. But because of the front line and the front seven, and with Mooney Ward and Emmanuel Mosley, they're not asking a whole lot of Tayshawn Gibson. Correct. So when you get a player like Jimmy Ward that has so much more potential and, and so much more ability, how much better does that make the defense? Now all of a sudden he can go up and match with somebody in the in the dime or go ahead and take away a tight end. Right. I thought tight ends could be a problem against Seattle just for the mere matchups and Fred Warner would have to take them away, but they weren't. Safeties once again did their job. Linebackers did their job. And now I'm sitting here like, when Jimmy Ward comes back, oh, man. how good is this defense going to be? Especially if he brings Jason Verrett with him. Right. Uh, I mean, it, impressive overall talent that John Lynch has put together for the for D'Amico Ryans in the defense. Right. It's, I mean, for the rest of the teams in the league, it's looking scary. <laughs> it's honestly it's looking scary. Like you said, you bring Verrett back, Jimmy Ward, and Ahu Funga's playing, like, sky is the limit for this defense. It's, I mean, this could be a historic defense. Yeah, right now I they're they're finishing in the top, you know, two to five in pretty much every single category. And if they don't have the the broken plays against Chicago, I mean they're just not giving up any points. They give up Correct. zero points against Seattle. Zero. And I think that they're just gonna be stout all year. But we'll see. This Denver one's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to when we start talking Denver Broncos. Absolutely. But from our great defense to now let's flip it to offense. Because we knew what Trey Lance's offense was looking like. You know, the, the throws down the field, the read options. Uh, it was very distinct what Trey Lance's <clears throat> offense provided. But what will Jimmy G-led offense look like? Is it going to look like last year? Is it going to look exactly like 20, you know, 2021, 2019? Or with Jimmy taking those extra shots in the game that produced you know, some plays down the field, including play, uh, pass interferences, do we think Kyle Shanahan's going to open it up a little bit for Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm I'm really uh, I'm I'm interested to see how this goes. To be honest, um, me going into it with Jimmy G coming back, I'm expecting to see what we've seen the past couple years with the whole offense of um, leaning on the running game, a lot of short passes, a lot of some stuff over the middle. Um, I don't really expect to see much much deep shots. Um, I know during this game he took some deep shots, and it was actually I was actually kind of. I was impressed to see him do it because you don't really see Jimmy Jimmy G like uh, stretch the field. You know, he really he keeps everything about you know five to ten yards, sometimes fifteen yards if a guy's like completely wide open. Yeah. But um, I was impressed to see him throw the ball downfield. I hope we get to see more of Jimmy throwing the ball downfield, and I think Jimmy wants to do it. To be honest, like when I was watching Jimmy come into the game, it felt like he had something to prove. To be honest, like he was. He was looking for the deep shots. And I was like, okay, Jimmy, like, this is what we need from you. You know, like, this is what we need uh, to get us over the top. We know you can get us to the NFC Championship game. But what's going to get us over the top is you making those plays downfield. 
there's a couple of reasons why I believe Jimmy can make those throws now. Number one, the throw he made to Brandon Ayuk along the sidelines that Ayuk doesn't catch Correct. was an absolutely fantastic throw, but it takes so much power to get that ball out. The second is the one to Ray Ray McLeod that's on the sideline. It's a deep out, but Jimmy's throwing from the opposite hash mark. That's a long ways for that ball to travel in Correct. the air, and Jimmy's able to get it there before the defender can close. Those make me think that Jimmy Garoppolo not only has his legs underneath him, but his shoulder is healthy enough that he can make some of these throws. And I think he's really got a... He doesn't really give a dang, if you know what I'm saying. I agree. Uh, he, he's, he's got, he's just ready to roll. I told John Chapman, it's like he's got the red kryptonite, you know, he's got like that, that attitude, like he just doesn't care. And I think that's what he needed. And he referenced 2017, which I thought was interesting because 2017 was when he played free and, and could do whatever he wanted because really Kyle had no expectations because they, he didn't know the offense. Right. They didn't know what they were going to get with Jimmy. Him being able to play free is I think part of it. But I think they're going to sprinkle in a kind of a mixture of both. What you know you're going to get out of him, you know, that intermediate area, using the play-action pass, getting the ball out, is going to be a staple. But if he can take those vertical chances on the outsides and then down the seams of the field and is able to get the ball into his receiver's hands, that is going to keep these defenses honest, and they're not going to be able to come up and try to take away this run game. So I think it is actually imperative that Jimmy Garoppolo is able to take those chances and execute on a couple here and there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And seeing a free Jimmy, like to me, that was a great point that you made. I mean, I mean, in the past we was, we would sometimes see Jimmy play tight, you know, but a free Jimmy, maybe that's what we need to unleash this offense, you know, and make them and actually take the next step. But I mean, what's so interesting. I feel like we're almost the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago. Remember when um, uh, it was Carson Wentz and he went down and then Nick Foles stepped in and, you know, he won the Super Bowl. I I, I kind of get those vibes right now. And, and, I like that. And if, if Jimmy if Jimmy comes in and, he, like, he's, like you said, he has that, like, I don't care attitude, like, let's just go out here and let's win games and, you know, like, one last hurrah, let's take this as far as I can, that might be the X factor that we needed to finally get over the hump. Yeah, and a lot of people thought, you know, he's pretty salty with Kyle Shanahan. They thought the 2017. But I wonder if he's salty with these other NFL football teams that weren't willing to trade for him. They weren't willing to go get him. They didn't see him as one of those top quarterbacks. He's like, wait a second. I helped get this team to a Super Bowl and NFC Championship. And he, he's thinking to himself, now, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove everyone wrong. Right. I'm going to take these chances they say I don't take. I'm going to go make every single throw because when it comes down to it, I'm an absolute gunslinger. I just haven't been doing that because it hasn't <laughs> been a part of this offense. Right. So we're probably going to see Jimmy Garoppolo get after it a little bit. And you know what? I'm here for it. I am too. I, I, I Jimmy Garoppolo just <laughs> just goes out there and just with his hair on fire and just goes crazy. And I can guarantee you this because Kyle Shanahan's a complete jackass, and I love that about him. He's going to call read options for Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy's going to run the football in this game. Oh my god! <laughs> we can't lose Jimmy. We no, can't you, lose Jimmy. You Season's over. You can't lose Jimmy, but it's Kyle. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. George Kittle has been practicing. So do you think George Kittle's coming back for this game? Of course, right away, conspiracy theorists said, you know what? Jimmy's back. That means Kittle's back. (laughs) I think Kittle's been trying to get back. And I think this is probably kind of the targeted week. The first game they, you know, thought maybe they couldn't win without him. Do you think he's going to play against Denver? I think we are going to see a a Kittle sighting. Um, From what I was reading, he was, uh, he wanted to come back last week and they kind of had to hold him back from coming back. So I'm excited to see Kittle. Um, I'm excited to see what he could add to the running game. 
Um, I, w- I really wanted to see what he could do with Trey Lance. To me, that would have been so fascinating. But, I mean, it just sucks that we're not going to get to see that until next year. Uh, we know what he could do with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, I mean, that's one of Jimmy's uh, – that's one of his safety blankets. So, um, actually, I think, I think we're going to need him. We're going to need him for this game in Denver because, I mean, the guy that we're playing on the other side gives us fits. But I expect to see Kittle this week. Yeah, I do too. And I think uh, Kittle's uh, very imperative to the run game for the 49ers this week. Uh, When you've got Gregory and you've got Chubb, you have guys on the outside that can play it at a high level. They can set the edge against the run and they can both get after the passer. Having Kittle be able to be that point man for your outside zone plays is going to be important. But also those opportunities to go and match up on linebackers. Get matchups against Jonas Griffith, who was with the 49ers a couple years ago. And, you know, get these mismatches. You haven't had mismatches right now from the tight end, but when you did, you had Croft down the sideline, what could have been a touchdown. Ross Dwelly gets open for a 38-yard touchdown. So if those guys are having an impact on the offense, what will George Kittle do? Because he's an all-pro caliber player. I understood not playing him in those field conditions in the rain. Yeah. Uh, When you're dealing with a groin, one little slip, and all of a sudden you got a tweak, that made sense to me. So I do think he's going to play in this football game, and I think it was always the target. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and coming back your first game in Denver, it's going to be kind of tough. I mean, you got to go up there. You're not going to really be dealing with the environments, but you're going to deal with the thin air and the elevation. So, but I think you bring up good points. I mean, what he could do for the running game. I mean, he's the best blocking tight end in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we could definitely use him. And Denver, Denver's defense is no slouch. They have a lot of talented guys over there on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, if we could get a healthy kiddo back, 100% healthy, I'm all for it. Um Kittle's been struggling with injuries over the past couple of years. So I'm kind of like, if he's if he's 100% ready to go, let's let's bring him back. But if he's still like not ready, let's wait a little bit because we're going to need Kittle f- for this stretch run. We're going to need him through the whole season. Um, so if he's not all the way back, I say let's sit him out one more week. But if he's ready to go 100%, let's do it. Yeah, and with the way Denver's going to have to play against the 49ers offense, this is one of those games where Kittle can absolutely go off. Right. I'm telling you, he could go like eight or nine catches for over 150 yards and, and a couple touchdowns. That's the game he can have because of the way they have to play defense and also some of the weaknesses I've seen in the zone when I've been breaking down their film. Uh, two weeks of film, you get an idea of what a defense is and you know where the, where the strengths and weaknesses are. And one of those weaknesses is in the seams, and I think George Kittle can take advantage of those. And when you have to worry about him in the block game, when he does get these releases on play action, these linebackers are biting. And if you're moving forward as George Kittle's moving towards you, he's already won because of his speed and athleticism. Uh, So Kittle's going to be a problem for good old Denver Broncos. (laughs) Now the questions at running back still persist because TDP shows up last week and it's like, okay, TDP, I see you make it a couple of big plays, but then he goes down with the ankle. Marlon Mack has been promoted to the active roster. So we have the two guys who were on the active roster last week. Of course, you have Jeff Wilson Jr. who played really good in that game. And then second, you have Jordan Mason who still hasn't logged a single carry in the regular season. What do we think this running back carries are going to look like? How is this thing going to be you know, kind of dished out? Because last week, Jeff Wilson Jr. had 18 carries and TDP had 14. Jordan Mason got zero. Will we see the same thing? Two guys getting the bulk of the carries with Debo sprinkled in? Or are we going to see all three of these guys and Debo? Well, I fully expect Jeff Wilson to get the lion's share of most of the carries. Um, I mean, he played well last last week. I love what I've seen out of Jeff Wilson, especially coming off the game that he put on against Chicago. I felt like he he looked like a little like a step show, slow. Like he didn't look he didn't look like himself. Um, 
this week, I love what I see from Jeff Wilson. So I expect him to take the majority of the carries. Uh, the number two running back, I, I would say, is Debo. To be honest, I mean, the way they've been utilizing Debo this year, I mean, he's he's more of a running back than a receiver this year. I mean, he's been getting a lot of run in the backfield. So I fully expect to see uh, Debo at number two, to be honest, when it comes to carries. Um, I would love to see Jordan Mason. I mean, from what we've seen in the preseason, I mean, the guy is – he could be something. And especially in this offense, I think – I would love to see him get carries. You know, let's let's see what the kid can do. Um, we all know what Marlon Mack can do. Marlon Mack is he's the guy is to me is a beast. Um, but right now I'm I'm kind of missing Jermichael Hasty a little bit too. I mean, we got rid of Jermichael Hasty. I mean, we, we waved him right. Yeah, he got waved. But I mean, with Shanahan, it's just it's next man up. You go through so many running backs, and Jermichael Hasty would have came in. He would have came in handy right now. Yeah, you're right, especially on third down, and I Correct. think. That's where Marlon Mack's going to find his playing time. Because you have Jeff Wilson Jr. If Jeff Wilson Jr. can do it all, he can play on first, second, and third down, and you know what you're going to get from him. But Jordan Mason, Kyle Shanahan has said that him and TDP didn't do things without the ball in their hands. That makes me think pass protection right away. So if Jordan Mason's not very adept in pass protection, that means they need somebody else to play third down. So if Jeff Wilson Jr. needs a break, it's going to be Marlon Mack. And he said already that Mack understands the offense. He's doing very well. He's doing a good job. So I think what we're actually going to get is a little bit different than last week. I think Jeff Wilson Jr. will get a bulk of the carries. I think it's going to be 12 to 14 for for Jeff Wilson Jr., especially if they're running the football well. And then I think Jordan Mason's going to get about seven carries. He's going to get some opportunities. If he does well, he'll probably get more. Uh, But then I think after that, Marlon Mack is going to get a few as well. They're going to sprinkle him in and use all three guys, not to mention Debo Samuel. Here's the problem with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel with Trey Lance at the quarterback position, uh, they're freezing defensive ends. It's a different type of game with the read option. You try to run the read option look now with with Jimmy Garoppolo, which they do, you're going to have a different dynamic from those outside guys. Here's where it gets fun, though. If you do the exact same thing, but instead of read option, it's RPO, and Jimmy Garoppolo can do that so well, Okay, you your defensive end might crash down the line of scrimmage to take away Debo. That's awesome because Brandon Ayuk was going to have an open area in the middle of the field where he can get the football on a slant. So I think that you just change the read for the team. It goes from being a running play to more of a pass run option with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm with Debo Samuel, and let's see if it has a similar impact to what it had at the end of the season. Yeah, and I think it will, to be honest. I mean, um, we're going to need those plays. I mean, without Trey Lance and – Pretty much like throwing in because I I think Jimmy was saying there was a lot of new stuff to the offense. Yeah. Um that a lot of new stuff that he didn't understand. So um, but we we seen him last year in the read option. So I think uh I think you make a I think uh I can't speak, but I think you make <laughs> uh, you make a solid point there. I think um the difference is, you know, he's gonna have the passing option. So I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, and you know, just so everyone's clear, they come in every single year with a new install of plays. Right. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, and then of course with Chris Forrester uh, being the new running back, you know, uh, coordinator, you're, or I'm sorry, run game coordinator, you're going to come in, you're going to come up with different ideas of how you're going to approach. You also have new personnel. Anytime you have new personnel, you have ideas what you want to do with Ray Ray McLeod, who we saw motion in the backfield. New ideas what you can do with an expanded role for the wide back and Debo Samuel. So I think that's part of the new thing that Jimmy Garoppolo is talking about. And now they're going to probably input some of the things that Jimmy does really well. I would if I was a play caller because that's smart to use my player to the best of his ability. Absolutely. Now let's flip it to the 49ers versus the Broncos. Uh, This is going to be a fun matchup. We've talked a little bit about certain things that are going to happen in this game. 
But 49ers versus Broncos. Broncos beat the Houston Texans 16-9. It was an impressive performance. The Broncos wide receivers and running backs seem to not be able to catch the football from <laughs> Russell Wilson for whatever reason. Jerry Judy's nursing an injury. Hamler's nursing an injury. Um, Cortland Sutton's looked pretty good. And they got a good running game. Javante Williams is good. Melvin Gordon's good. But if you break it down... You're going, if they're going outside, it's Williams. If they're going inside, it's it's Ingram. So <clears throat> I think they do have some tells and some things that they're still working out. And I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's offense uh, is, is looking real good because they're trying to implement so much Russell Wilson things he did in Seattle. So in this game, Warren, what do you think that – what do you think about this matchup? You, you know, they barely lose to the Seahawks and they beat the Texans. Do you think the Broncos are, you know – I guess an easier game than we initially thought coming into the season. It's hard to say. Um, anytime the Niners face Russell Wilson, it's, it's, it's a headache, you know, cause we know what he brings to the table. We know the, the problems and the chaos he puts on us every time we play this man and he knows how to play the Niners. That's the thing about it. So going into this game is what makes it so much of a wild card because if you look at the talent, we're a more talented team than the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, but what makes it so much of a wild card is Russell Wilson. He just knows how to play the Niners. He knows how to beat the Niners. So um, I'm going to be interested to see, honestly, how this game goes. I mean, if, if the game was in San Francisco, I'd have the Niners winning easily. Since we got to go on the road, we got to go up to Denver. Um, to me, it's going to be a more interesting game. It's going to be, it's going to come down to a lot of different things to me. Um, to me, how do you contain Russell Wilson? Um, I believe Denver is going to try to run the ball. I mean, you look at how uh, over the past two years now, I mean, they have a two-headed monster with Gordon and uh, I believe it's Javante Williams. Yeah, Javante Williams. Yeah, and I mean, Williams to me, the kid is impressive. I mean, he's nice. He's fast. Yeah. He runs hard. He hits the whole like dude. Is, he's a he's a legit running back. So that's definitely going to present problems for the Niners coming into this game. But um, I think number numero uno was pretty much stop rest, contain rest. Kind of like the same game plan going into Chicago. Right. And, and what killed us at the end is those Sandlot plays. So if we could if we could stop. Russ from doing those sandlot plays that he's so great at doing, I think we have a great chance of winning this game. So is that your biggest concern? My biggest concern, yes. Yeah. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is my biggest concern. Yeah, I'm with you. Because <clears> on my <throat> game preview show that came out yesterday, uh, that's what it that's what I talked about. Is is Russell Wilson, you can't let him cook. Correct. Uh, this front seven's gotta keep him inside the box and make it so Russ doesn't defeat you. If you put it on everyone else, if you if you slow down the run game and then you don't let Russ cook, this offense can't score points. And they haven't scored points so far. 16 points per game. And that's against Seattle, who the 49ers put up 27 and could have easily put up more. And against the Houston Texans, who don't have the greatest defense in the world. So I think right now this, this Broncos offense is sputtering. They're trying to figure out what their identity is. Are they Nathaniel Hackett's offense? Or are they Russell Wilson's offense? And Russ brought so many concepts over from Seattle that he wants to run. But it seems to me that it's, it's not working out right now. I think at some point, Nathaniel Hackett's going to have to take control and say, you know what, we're going to run my offense. You need to operate within my offense because I feel comfortable calling plays within that offense. But until then, I, I think the Warriors have a really good chance of making some big-time plays on defense, especially with all the playmakers at all three levels. I think they're going to cause some problems for Russ here and there. So you're right. Russ not being able to extend plays is huge. If they keep him in the pocket, 
I think they have a good opportunity to get after him. I agree. And that's the interesting point as you bring up, like, is it Russ's offense or is it Hackett's offense? Because, I mean, if you look at what the turmoil in Seattle was, that's exactly what it was. It's Is it let Russ cook or we're going to play within the system? So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what, what Denver throughout the season, what they turn into. You know, are they, yep. what, are they going to let Russ cook? You know, um, or are they going to be, they're going to put the handcuffs on Russ? So we're definitely going to find out more during the season, like what's going to happen with them. But for this game right here, if if the Niners contain Russ, and they, like let's say they contain him like the Niners did with with Justin Fields in the first half, I fully expect us to dominate the game. But like I said, Russ, he just he's a Niner killer, man. Yeah, he's a Niner killer. He knows he knows how to play San Francisco. So um, that has to be uh, assignment number one. It's contain rest. Keep him in the pocket. Make him play. Make plays within the pocket. Yeah, I'm with you. Now I want to know what you think the 49ers' biggest advantage is against the Denver Broncos. Biggest advantage? I think biggest advantage is just talent across the board. I mean, I feel like they just don't match up with us. I mean, across the board, I feel like we're the we're the superior team. Um, the Niners should go in here and dominate just off pure will. So going into it. Um, that's what I would, I would say we're just a better team. Yeah. I think the biggest advantage is going to be the 49 ers secondary against the Denver Broncos receiving core, uh, because you have Tarverius war and Emmanuel Mosley, and then Hufong is flying around making plays. Uh, that's why it's a little bit different matchup than Ru- Russell Wilson's used to. He's used to going in there and seeing one good corner. Uh, now he's going in there with two guys who are playing lockdown caliber football with a front seven that can actually get after you every play. Now, D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala over the last couple of years have developed things that they do against Russell Wilson that slows them down uh, early on in the football game. They confuse him with the way they look, make coverages look one way in their shell coverages, and then they run something else. So I think they can confuse Russ early. The key is going to be, can the 49ers capitalize on his confusion by creating turnovers? And second, can, can, can they convert those turnovers into points? If they can, it could be one of those situations where the 49ers have enough of a lead or Russ can't cook enough to come back. The problem with Russ right now is he's not letting this team set the table for him with that run game. I don't even know if they can. One thing to watch <laughs> is going to be Armstead's foot. If Armstead's not able to go, uh, that could be a big thing because <clears throat> then the Broncos may be able to get the run game going against the 49ers. If they're not able to get the run game going, Russell Wilson will not cook in this game, and the 49ers will absolutely shut them down. Yeah, I fully expect for them to lean on the run game because with all the injuries that you named in the secondary, Judy being out, Hamler being out, and I believe Sutton is still out, correct? Uh, Sutton's back. Yeah, Sutton's Sutton's playing, and Hamler is probably going to play, but Judy had a shoulder that kept him out of last week's game. Uh, He hasn't practiced, so we'll see. Right, right. So I fully expect them to run the – to lean on the running game and those running backs, they do have dynamic running backs, but uh, Melvin Gordon, he's, he's, he's always coughs it up. So he's prone. He's always fumble prone. So that's a guy, I mean, the Niners, they could, they could pinpoint, you know, and they could turn the ball over. They could um, cause turnovers with Melvin Gordon. So um, going into this game, I do see, see, I do see Denver trying to lean on the running game and try to, I say, I say try to make plays with the running game exploit the Niners going forward in this game. Yeah, and there's lots of movement from them. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that Nathaniel Hackett has brought, and Russell Wilson, I'm sure he likes. There's a lot of movement, you know, wide receivers coming and flying by in motion, them running fly sweeps, uh, them running different things. They're, they have pretty quick guys like Hambler that, that can make plays. Uh, if the 49ers can get up the field on those, if Aziz Alshire and Drake Greenlaw can fly upfield and make those plays, it's going to be a long day because they're trying to stretch teams horizontally 
and the 49ers have the speed to be able to match them horizontally. I think it's one of those interesting matchups where some of the Broncos' strengths meet the 49ers' strengths. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So who, who's going to end up getting the upper hand? I think that's what's going to be fun to watch. But Warren, it's that time now where it's time to get your game prediction <laughs> for this game. Now I have the 49ers winning this game. I think mm-hmm. the 49ers are going to are going to get it done. I think they're going to handle business. I think they're going to win the game, uh, 24 to 13. I think the defense is going to shut Russ down. I think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do enough, and then Kyle Shannon is going to absolutely put the brakes on uh, and just run Jordan Mason and Jeff Wilson Jr. in the second half and absolutely take the will out of Denver. Okay. So I, I have that 24-13. What do you think? I have the Niners getting off to a fast start. So I have the Niners getting off to a fast start. I say we're up about 17-3 um, early in this game. Um, and I think Russ starts causing problems for us for as the game, as the game progresses. <laughs> But I do, I do have the Niners winning. I have us winning a close one, though. I have the Niners winning by a field goal. I say we pull it out twenty to seventeen. Wow! So more, <clears throat> so closer to what the Madden sim was. Madden sim had the 49ers winning 14-13. Uh, so oh, interesting. Okay, that Warren. Was close. Yeah, it was a close <laughs> game. Yeah, that, that that would be interesting. Uh, I, I either way though, I hope the Niners walk away with a win. I don't care if they win by one point. Or thirty, as long as they beat the Denver Broncos and go two and one, that way they can go up against the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night uh, with a situation where if you win another division game, you're sitting real pretty right. as far as your outlook for the season, especially after losing your starting quarterback. Right. This is a vital game going into the into the Rams game. You don't want to you don't want to lose going into the Rams game with a game that big. Yeah. Because you you got to have those division games. Those are the games that really matter towards the end of the season. So this is a vital game. Um. I have the Niners. I do have the Niners pulling this out and then get ready for next week. Next week's going to be a tough one. It is going to be a tough one. I'm looking forward <clears> to talking <throat> about that. And hopefully we'll be coming off another W. So Absolutely. it'll be another fun, loose episode where we're not <laughs> having to discuss what went wrong and how the 40 yards are going to fix it. But Warren, another great episode. Thanks for joining me for cover two. I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait till next week. We can break down the Denver Broncos. Did Russ cook? And then also started getting into Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. Absolutely. I hope the Niners have a, a injury free game. No more injuries. Yeah. Let's 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 get let's get through this rest of the season healthy as can be. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and thanks everyone for joining us for the episode. I hope you liked it. Give it a like. Uh, comment down below what you thought about what we said. Subscribe to the channel so that way you don't miss any of the content that's coming your way. And also later on today, check out what's good with Jay in the Bay. It's gonna give you five big things. 49ers need to do to beat the Denver Broncos. And then on Saturday, come through for the game plan show. Last week, my game plan was pretty spot on. I was actually very happy with myself because I went ahead and went put forth a game plan that the 49ers actually went out and executed. Check that out. Let's see if we can, if I can get right again. Now that I said it, I'll probably get it entirely wrong, <laughs> but that's okay. It's fun to have that conversation, but join me tomorrow at 11 a.m. for that episode. Hope you guys all enjoy. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I think it's going to be fun. Absolutely. I can't wait. All right, guys. Have a good one. We'll catch you later. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.